We're going to break down the good, bad, and the ugly stats from the Dallas Mavericks this season. We're talking about stats, not a Clint Eastwood movie. Stats, good, bad, ugly, Dallas Mavericks this season. Right now. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and coordinator for Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the stat stealer, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? How are we feeling? How are we feeling today, Mavs fans? <laughs> Had a low moment the other night. Yeah, maybe a little better, not worse, hopefully. <laughs> Low moment, they've lost a couple, lost to the Kings, had no business losing to the Kings, but the season's not over, and actually right before we hit record, we we looked at the standings, I know it's kind of annoying to look at the standings right now, because then you get your hopes up, it's like this endless hamster wheel, you get your hopes up, you count the games that were back, you're like, all right, I'm right there, Dallas has some easy games, bam, a loss, and you're like, why am I looking at the standings? Now I'm looking at the standings again. So it's just like endless will. Blazers lose. Get excited about standings moving up. Mavs lose as well. Yeah. And then Then Mavs win a couple and you're like, all right. And then you're like, oh, I'm back to looking at the standings again. (laughs) That's where we're at. But I know we have, I feels like we've been talking about these Lakers games coming up for the past like two or three weeks because they're huge games. We have the Pistons game. Yeah. I mean, we, we had the Pistons game first, but there is a, I mean, those two Lakers games coming up will be massive. We could get the return of Anthony Davis in that Thursday game, if not Thursday, coming up on Saturday. But but if Dallas could welcome the Lakers to town and beat those guys in two games in a row, that would be like, we could really shake up the standings a little bit. Uh, the Lakers are playing right now against Utah as we're recording this in L.A. And as we're recording this, they uh, Anthony Davis did not play in this game. And so they've but Andre the, Drummond did Andre Drummond did same for thing sure but what the what the Lakers have been saying is that they're going to slowly bring Anthony Davis back and so I think the first two games he may just play 15 minutes each game and so that could be really good for the Mavericks too it could be really disjointed for the Lakers all kinds of stuff He's trying so, to dodge Maxi uh, he will dodge Maxi dodge KP I guess but you know who's not going to dodge him is Andre Drummond uh, so. Those two games, Thursday and Saturday, absolutely important. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us this week on Thursday so we can get into the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into the good, the bad, and the ugly for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I'm going to start first. This is, a, this is a good, I think. Some people have talked about, wow, this Mavs team can't beat bad teams and blah, blah, blah. The Mavericks record against teams above 500 is 17 and 15. That's pretty good uh, against teams that are above that have an above 500 record at the time that they're playing them. Yeah. The, Ma- the Mavericks record above against teams that are below 500 is 13 and 11. So not great. This is more mm. of a meh stat than it is like a good, the bad, and the and yeah. Like I was just saying, right? is this the best good stat you could have came no, up with? It's not the best good stat, <laughs> but it like if you look at some of these other teams. So for example. Uh, if you look at the Blazers, the Blazers against teams that are above 500 um, are 12 and 18. 
The Lakers are 17 and 18 against teams that are above 500. The Warriors are 14 and 24 against teams that are above 500. The Grizzlies are 16 and 18 against teams that are above 500. Uh, And the Mavericks now, um, yeah, are are 20 and what is this? 20 and 17? Yeah, 20 and 17, and they are not 10 and 9 against teams below 500. Um, So, yeah, this Dallas Mavericks team is at least decent against some of these teams. And, so what you're uh, telling me is I don't know. <laughs> they're good again. They're good against everybody, but they're they're a little bit better than where they are right now. And at least, what would you rather be? Would you rather be just decent across the board and like beat teams you shouldn't, and then lose to teams you shouldn't, or would you rather be the Blazers, where they beat everybody they should? Basically, the Blazers against teams that are below 500, 20 and six against teams below 500. The Blazers against teams above 500 are 12 and 18. The Blazers still have not beat a team above them in the standings in the West yet. So which would you rather be, right? To have a a team that has a ceiling to beat those teams above you in the West or one that just takes care of business all the time but doesn't necessarily have the ceiling to beat a team above them in the West. It's kind of interesting thought thought process to try and think through. It's kind of like, are you happy because you're (laughs) – I, I would rather be the team who knows where their ceiling's at. I would rather have some good wins against some, some good teams and have the occasional loss to like the Knicks and Kings of the world. Well, I can't even say Knicks anymore. Knicks are actually like good this year. Well, but. here's another. The, the Hawks are 13 and 21 against teams above 500. They're 18 and 5 against teams below 500. They just beat up on bad teams and then they lose to good teams. Yeah, right? so like, and, so and you know your floor. They're half game better than the Mavs right now. They're record wise, which is kind of wild to think about. But they're in the East, and that's kind of the way that it is. Yes, you. The Eastern Conference is a whole different kingdom. But yeah, you know your floor. Whenever you're a team like that, it's like all right, we can only go so far because we take care of business. And that there is a, like a, a, an awesome thing about that of taking care of business against you know the bad teams that you're supposed to. But I think if I had to pick one, I would rather be the team that says, "All right, I have some." I can look back at my schedule and be like, all right, these are the top five best wins that I have. I don't want to be the team entering the playoffs and you're like, all right, my best wins were Charlotte and Washington. Yeah, right, right. Solid. <laughs> cool. They I were want like a Brooklyn. above 500 at the time you played them, not necessarily above 500 at the end of the season. <laughs> yes. So because I think it gives your team something to shoot for. I think if you have those like big wins and you're like, all right, I know I can beat these teams. And it gives you the confidence where you walk into the playoffs or a playoff series knowing that, okay, we know the level we had to play at to have these big wins earlier in the season. That's what we have to get back to. We know we're capable of doing that to where if you're a team that you just feast on the, you know, the, the bad teams, you're like, all right, cool. I'm glad we got here, but we don't really know that level you know, to win at a high level. Uh, the Bucks, by the way, 15 and 18 against teams above 500. So a losing record against teams above 500 and 20 and four against teams below 500. That's another team to watch out for. Um, but all right, give me one of your good stats. Yeah. Well, I went with an individual uh, offensive possession uh, type of play because I think it, we've seen it uh, come to light towards the end of games in clutch moments. Sometimes I think we're going to see it a lot come playoff time, especially in the fourth quarter that I think a lot of times we see all the highlights and stuff on sports center and Twitter and everything of Luca and the step back and the crazy threes and the game winning three and all of that. Rightfully so he's amazing. But one of the most underrated things where unless you are watching all of these games and you are looking at some of the numbers, literally one of the best 
offensive possessions for the Mavericks is Luka Doncic in the post. And we talked yeah. about, you know, KP, We I, I don't know what game it was a while back that to where it was in the fourth and we had KP throwing it, you know, an entry pass to Luka posting up. He went in for an easy, you know, a little one-handed push shot, like hook a little bit in the lane. It's like, what's going on? The 7-3 guys throwing it in the post to your point guard, <laughs> which I know, you know, Luka's not an average point guard. But when you look at uh, Luka's post numbers, one, you do have to you know account for the number of times he's actually been in the post for that offensive possession, which has only been 97 times. So if you just do the minimum 90 post-up possessions as an individual player, where does Luca rank points per possession in those possessions? He's third in the league uh, behind Kawhi and behind... Third most efficient post player among players that have had at least 90 possessions in the post. Now, to give a little bit of context to that, Joel Embiid is fourth... With 359 possessions, <laughs> that's a lot in the, in the post. There's only there's only like a handful. There's only like a couple of them that have above 300 possessions. Jokic and Embiid. But even when you look at somebody like um, like Kawhi Leonard is number two on this list. He has 146 possessions in in the post, and you know he's a little bit over Luca. Luca is at 1.14 points per possession when scoring in the post. He's shooting 59 percent in the post and scoring 57% of the time whenever he is posting up. <laughs> I would give you a million guesses in the world for who is number one on this ranking. Uh, and you would never get it because it's Robin Lopez at one point. I think if I had a million guesses, I would have got that. Okay. Maybe a million, but <laughs> it's basically Robin Lopez, Kawhi Leonard, Luca, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris. Ooh, is as, Valanciunas at, in there? Uh, Valanciunas is 12th on this list. Jokic is 11th, AD 10, LeBron's in the top 10, Cantor's in the top 10. Yeah. But it just goes to show you when you whenever you look at this list and say, okay, how many primary ball handlers are in the top, you know, what, 15, 20 of this list? There's not a ton. And when you're looking at it, it's basically LeBron and Luka. Uh, however you want to, you know, classify Kawhi as, as far as he handles the ball on the wing, but he, I wouldn't say he's your primary ball handler. It just, I just wanted to point that out. It's very efficient play, not just for Luka, but for the Mavericks. And I think we're going to see this when it comes to these clutch moments and the Mavericks need a bucket. It might not always be Luka at the top of the key. Let's run a high pick and roll and let's, get, you know, let Luka do his magic. Maybe Luka magic can happen on the post too. Coming up, we'll get into some more stats, some the good, a little bit more of the good. We got some bad, and we got some ugly. There's been some ugly recently. We'll talk about the biggest thing the Mavericks are struggling with coming up. But before we do, let's talk about Locker Room. Locker Room is a new app that is uh, bringing sports fans together and bringing NBA fans together, bringing Mavs fans together. It is the perfect place to start or join a conversation about the NBA. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and all that. We are going to be there on Thursday. You just download the app, Locker Room, on Apple or iOS, whatever device you use. And you download that. Follow me. I'm at Nick Van Exit. Isaac is at Isaac L. Harris. And if you turn on notifications, you will be notified when we go live on Thursday. Um, it depends on the day and whenever we decide to go live. So just... Uh, Follow us, turn on notifications, and then we will let you know when we go live. And so then you can come hang out with us, ask us questions, all that kind of stuff. And join us this week on Thursdays to talk all kinds of Maverick stuff. Go download the free Locker Room app, currently available on iOS devices. Create a profile, link your Twitter account to it, and you'll be able to be notified. Can't wait to hear all you guys and all your thoughts and all of your questions about the Dallas Mavericks. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. 
Also, I want to tell you about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver or something that you're trying to fix up, they have everything you need in just a few easy clicks and it gets delivered right to your door. Rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you want to spend up to twice as much for the same exact part when you can just get it at rockauto.com? Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft in a way that no one else can. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for their latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live NFL Draft coverage. Subscribe and follow the Ultimate Mock Draft wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some more stats. So I had a couple of quick good ones uh, as we we finish this out. Uh Porzingis is averaging five and a half post-ups per game, and he's scoring on just about 70% of those in some way, whether it's an assist or a score. So that's pretty efficient, too. That's the third highest among players taking at least four attempts per game. Uh, it's higher than Embiid, Giannis, AD, uh, Jokic. So he is scoring on those. So so it kind of goes with, with, with yours, right? Like Luka and Porzingis, both really uh, effective and efficient in those post shots. It's getting them to those spots that's been the hard thing for yeah. the Mavericks, setting them up because – and this is why – we keep saying over and over again, the Mavericks need another second. They need a secondary creator. We are hoping that Josh Richardson might be able to fill that role a little bit. We are hoping that Brunson would kind of, you know, like graduate into that role. He has not as a playmaker. He has as a scorer, um, but he has not filled that role, right? Like the JJ Barea type player has just not emerged on this team. Trey Burke is not that player. Richardson's not that player. Hardaway's not that player. Um, Man, like there, there's just nobody else in this team that could kind of like handle and pass at the same time and pass at a high level. And so, when the Mavericks get a guy like that, we've been asking for a Lowry or a Chris Paul or somebody like that for a year now, almost it seems like. If they get somebody like that, this offense can change. Like this offense, like it'll explode back to being the best offense in the league history again. I think as soon as they can get that, because if you can start setting up Luca and Porzingis in the post. Uh, in, in different actions and all that kind of stuff and running, you know, Luca off ball and when he needs to and all that kind of stuff. Like that's just, that's another level. Yeah. I mean, you, sh- you see glimpses of it whenever uh, Brunson's on the floor. Sometimes they let Brunson take that role, but what will that look like if you have something like a, I mean, yeah, the, the what if of like, what if they went after Chris Paul instead of Phoenix is, is a good what if. The Mavs would have a better record if they went after Chris Paul than the Spur- than the Suns do. Yes. Because the Suns wouldn't have Chris Paul, they'd probably have campaign starting. No, they wouldn't have. A, no, they'd have a better record than the Suns do right now. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like, than the Suns. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. The Mavs would have a better record than the Suns if the Mavs had Chris Paul and the Suns did not. Of course. Yeah. Uh, my last good stat here: Luka Doncic's assist percentage is forty-two point seven percent. That is the percentage of teammates' points that Luka Doncic assists on, 42.7%. That is wow. the fourth highest in the NBA. And listen to this top four uh, and see if you can see some kind of uh, correlation between two two pairs of them. 
The highest two are Westbrook at 47.4%. When Westbrook's on the floor, half of the time, basically, his teammates score based off of his assists, and the other half, they don't. Uh, that's pretty wild to me. And then the other, other uh, no, number two is Harden at 43.9%. That's still really, really high. And so you have Westbrook and Harden, one and two. And then three and four are Luka and Trey Young. At 42.7%, exactly. They have the exact same assist percentage number, assist rate per, like number. Uh, I Both that teams was, won the trade then. I thought that was pretty wild that you have Westbrook and Harden at the top and then Trey Young and, and Luka. But uh, Luka assisting on an, in, at an incredible rate and giving the Mavericks uh, creating offense in and of himself. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, I want to add real quick, Luka in the clutch, 83% from the free throw line. I thought that was notable. He's improved in a lot of areas in the clutch, but... That's my next bad record. So the Mavericks. So so moving on to bad stats. Um, yes, the rest of this pod will be bad stuff because the Mavericks are sucking right now. <laughs> the rest is the bad and the ugly stats. Uh, the clutch record for the Mavericks: twelve and thirteen, better than last season for sure. But yeah. twelve and thirteen. However, I'm gonna I'm little little bit of a good caveat on this. They're twelve and and ten. In clutch games when Luca plays. And like you said, Luca shooting 83% from the free throw line, 45% from the field in clutch situations. And so it's a bad stat, but it's not that bad. But 12 and 13 in clutch games is still not where you want to be if you want to be a team to be reckoned with in the West. Yeah. And the only thing I'll add in on the clutch stuff is the Mavericks are 28th in the league in free throw attempts in the clutch. That just shows you that they're settling maybe for some long shots and some bad shots. And maybe they can get into the paint a little bit more and draw some fouls. It was a joke we made last year. Oh, he should have driven, right? Like, oh, he should have driven. We, we're happy when he makes the threes, but we hate it when he misses them. Luca, after most games now, says, oh, I should have driven it when he yeah. takes and misses step back threes in the clutch. It's it's definitely something the coaching staff has talked to him about because he mentions it. All right, so let's talk about a, a bad stat that I think is one of the biggest things for the Mavericks this season. That's your unguarded catch-and-shoot shots. Uh, we've seen you know, a lot said about this that, hey, sometimes the Mavericks are just not making shots. Well, some numbers back that up. As far as unguarded catch-and-shoot shots, according to Synergy, they are 25th in the league in both points per possession in those shots and field goal percentage. They sh- they're shooting at 37% on unguarded catch-and-shoot shots. That's not that great when you consider the league average on that is 40%. When you look at the league best in that, which is the Clippers, they're shooting 49% on catch-and-shoot, unguarded catch-and-shoot shots. Mavericks are at 37%. Also, when you look at that, you look at the percentage of times that the offense, it ends in a catch-and-shoot shot for the Mavericks, they're 15th. They're right in the middle of the pack. They're 15% of their offensive possessions end in an unguarded catch and shoot shot. And you're near the bottom like of the league in those shots. So that's not a good combination that a lot of, you know, that uh, a lot of, uh, yeah, those shots are in that and you're not, yeah, you're, you're getting a lot of the shots. You're just not converting a lot of those shots. I also want to point out too, if you're, if you're listening to that saying, okay, well, what does that really tell us? What if they were at the top? I want to give you the teams at the top and you draw your own conclusions of this. The Clippers, the Jazz, (laughs) the Celtics, Bucks, Nets, Suns. Those are good teams except the Celtics. Yeah, except the Celtics, which, I mean, they've been winning, you know, recently too. I think they're up to fourth or fifth in the East right now. But my, my point is like good teams hit shots. Yep. Breaking news. So 
Dallas just has to get better in that. I mean, they, they're just, they're not very good at making unguarded. It's wild when you look at Synergy's numbers and you look at guarded catch and shoot shots. They actually have a good number on that, but unguarded catch and shoot shots, which are these wide open threes that Luca, a lot of times it's Luca creating these opportunities for these guys. They're just not making them. And that's, that's one of the biggest issues for this team this season. I had the exact same stat, except for I got it from NBA.com. Uh, wide open threes, which is if a, de- if a defender is six feet or farther away from the the offensive player, the shooter, the Mavericks are taking the ninth most. They're taking 18 wide open catch and shoot threes. That's the ninth most in the NBA. 36% on those. That's 29th in the NBA in wide open catch and Dang. shoot threes. Uh, in taking open catch and shoot threes, that's if a, if a defender is four to six feet away, which is still really open. I would consider that still wide open, but four feet, I guess, is the defender can be pretty close. You can have mm. arms like reach somebody, but anyway. They're second in the NBA in amount of open three-point shots they take at 16.6, and they're shooting 36%. That's 10th in the NBA. So, yeah, both those numbers, like you said, match up with yours, and they're they're not good at those and need to get better. You know what would help with that is if they played J.J. Redick. I don't, know, I don't want to say I <laughs> called it, but maybe they should start playing J.J. Redick. Let's give him a shot. I don't think you can hurt your defense much more right now. <laughs> well, here's another thing. Uh, this is going to be one of my ugly stats, but since we brought it up, the Mavericks defense is worse this season than it was last season. I thought the whole thing with the Josh Richardson trade and to play Dorian Richardson and Maxi together was to have a better defense. They're, they're, the Mavericks defense is, is allowing 114 points per 100 possessions. That's two points per 100 possessions worse than last season. Right? Like, Nothing changed. Nothing got better. I know they had that rough stretch in January. Uh, they're trying to make up for it now, but that's just not going to do it. Josh Green is known for his defense. Uh, I guess so. And Tyler Bay. Uh, all right, coming up, let's get into some more ugly stats. We'll talk more about uh, just ugly stuff. Not good. Not good looking stuff. We'll, we'll talk more about that. Break it all down. Coming up, but before we do, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to put down some money on sports. There's baseball. All kinds of baseball if you want to put money down. Uh, I haven't looked at the uh, Texas Rangers in a while. They are a one-and-a-half-point underdog against Shohei Otani and the Angels on uh, on the 21st, on Wednesday. So if you want to put some money down, go check that out. You can go put some money down on the Rangers for a little upset there. There's ep- upset? Upset. I almost missed that word. There's a lot of uh, NBA stuff going on. They don't have a ton right now, but uh, they have WNBA, EuroLeague, they have all kinds of stuff you can put money down. Use the promo code Locked On and get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Today, through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey for the NFL Draft. Featuring analysis from NFL experts like... Cowboys legend Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, Brian Ballinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picks of the next stars for their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all sports podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey. A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, Isaac Harris, let's share some ugly stats. Let's get ugly Betty all up in here. Mm. Um. One of mine was, uh, so we talked about the wide open threes and the misses. And we're like, oh, a lot of people think that's Dorian Finney-Smith. He's actually shooting 37%, which is about average for the team. He's not necessarily pulling the Mavericks down that bad on those. Porzingis, though, 36.5% on catch and shoot 
threes. Just straight up catch and shoot. Not not necessarily wide open or or guarded or whatever. 36% on uh, 5.7 attempts per game. There is uh, a decent number of players, probably about 30 players in the NBA taking five or more um, catch and shoot threes per game. There's only two players in the NBA shooting a worse percentage on catch and shoot threes that take at least five per game. And I would like you to try and guess them. And in the comments on YouTube, try and guess, or in the chat on YouTube, try and guess who are the two players that take at least five catch and shoot three point attempts per game that shoot a worse percentage than Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> I would like you to oh try my. and guess. That, that take five a game? They are both on Western Conference teams. Um, one of them is a player you may think of as a high-volume shooter. The other one you would not think of as a high-volume shooter. But he is. One of them is a guard. That's the Devin one you would, Booker. That's a good guess, but no. Actually, it's not really a good guess. He's been shooting pretty well. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell? High volume shooter, not necessarily a good three point shooter. Donovan Mitchell is actually a decent guess. Uh, these are both on bad teams. You would say both of these teams are tanking at the moment. Hmm. Um, the Kings. He's not Just on the kidding. Kings. One of them is on the Thunder, and the other one is on the Rockets. Lou Dort. Dort is a good guess, but no, it's not. Uh, this is a stretch. So on the Thunder, a stretch four on the Thunder. I don't even remember half the roster. What? Mike Muscala. Come on, Poku. the Moose. He's attempting five threes a game. I know. I didn't even know he's played in five games. I know. He is shooting worse. And the other one is Eric Gordon for the Rockets. Those are the only wow. two players shooting a worse percentage on catch and shoot threes than Porzingis, taking at least five per game. Uh, so that really stands out. The other one is Josh Richardson, who's shooting 30.2% on catch and shoot threes on just about four per game. And that is a, a brutal number, too. That that one is just really, really bad. That's that's an ugly stat, as we would call it in the business. I started down the Josh Richardson um, rabbit hole, but I just like, I'm going to climb back out. I just got to. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll go, I'll go to a different That's like in 30 plan. Rock, where they talk about going down into the the whole neat. sometimes the only way to go is just to keep digging just keep digging <laughs> down you sometimes you can't get back up to the surface you have to just keep digging down farther and farther um okay so my ugly stat so something i love is when the numbers match up with the eye test because you know we have to have these two different worlds of like hey eye test versus that means you're right about something <laughs> yeah it just validates what you you're thinking whenever you you're watching something and something that we've talked about so many times is how much dallas uh just gets torched you know <laughs> defending the pick and roll that you know they whether it's wh- whatever you want to blame whether you want to blame kp for a lot of this whether you want to br- blame drop coverage whether you want to whatever you want to do uh, Dallas is just not effective at guarding the pick and roll. So I looked at the numbers on this. Um, Dallas is 29th in the league in points per possession, defending the pick and roll. That's a 0.94 points per possession. There's only two teams, which this is kind of crazy. The Clippers are a little bit outlier in this. And I think this might give a little bit of like, if you're a Clippers fan, if they do exist, but it's something that you look you look into like going into playoff time that they're right there with Dallas as far as being bad in this category of defending the pick and roll. So I wonder if this will come to light for them come playoff time. But for Dallas, 44% of the time teams are scoring against them in the pick and roll. That is a ton. Whenever you compare that to the top, the Suns are the best at shocking 
let's do the same exercise we did a little bit ago. Like, hey, Isaac, what are the the, te- the best teams at defending the pick and roll? What what who are those teams? The Suns, the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Heat, the Celtics, the Nets. These Dang, you, all- those top two teams. You said the Nuggets and the Suns. Like those teams do not have really good defensive centers, right? So a lot of people say, oh, you have to have a rim protector. They don't necessarily have to have that. You have to have a big guy that can that can be try. big and try, right? Like be big and try, but you also have to have really, really good guards. Bridges and Chris Paul, really good, yeah. you know, wing defenders. Uh, yeah, that that's the, what that tells me. Yeah, it just – and I, I bring up the stat because, guys, people are going to run the pick and roll a ton come playoff time. This is – and, I mean, especially at the end of the game, like – Teams, we've seen this. Teams are going to give the ball to their best player a lot of times, whether it's you know the Lucas of the world, James Hart, whoever it is, and say, "All right, let's bring let's bring up a guy, let's do a pick and roll, and get the guy going downhill, make the decision." And you have to be able to defend that at least competent, like somehow. So Dallas being at the bottom of the league, some other teams down there at the bottom, the Hawks, the Cavs, the Bulls, the Kings, the T-Wolves, like these are all the, these teams at the bottom of the league. I mean, come on, like most of these teams are tanking and Dallas is 29th in the league in that. It just shows you they're, they're really struggling against guarding the pick and roll. And, you know, I think we're going to see that uh, come to light even more come playoff time. My last ugly number was the Mavericks are also 29th in this defensive stat, and that's forcing turnovers. They only force turn- turnovers on 12.3% of defensive possessions. That's second to last in the league, 29th overall in, in, in uh, forcing turnovers. So they're bad at defending the pick and roll. They don't force turnovers. Uh, and, yeah, th- that's a recipe for defensive yeah. mediocrity because they do other stuff well. They don't turn the ball over that much on offense. They are not that bad in transition. They're a good half-court defending team. They're at least a, a, a mediocre half-court defending team. But if you uh, put the you know the pick and roll and then the forcing turnovers, that's the recipe for the Mavericks being just a slightly below average defense right now. Absolutely correct. Correcto. <laughs> there you go. That's it. We will be back breaking down the Pistons game. The Mavericks are taking on the Pistons. We will break down every single moment of that crucial must-win game that the Mavericks definitely need. Sadiq Bay. He went off in this game against the Cavs uh, on on Tuesday night or what Monday night. So that's something to watch out for. Uh, also, uh, Lakers two games coming up. We'll have post games after each of those, and those will be really, really big. So we'll break those all down. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're not. Thank you to the 2,000 of you, 2,500 or so of you that have subscribed to the YouTube channel. Thank you so much for doing that. Like and subscribe. And, like uh, and subscribe below. Ring the bells for all that stuff. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.